Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, nobody's hands are clean. Now you have to get Trey to buy in and just say no to the franchise tag. It's all next. It's Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Hitting Hard is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. We ask you to head over to YouTube.com, put Locked On Sports Atlanta into your search browser. When you get there, hit that subscribe button. Leave us a comment. We are free and available to download on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your favorites. Check us out on Roku and Amazon Fire. Yes, we are available there as well. And then give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. Well, the big news in Atlanta is the fact that Nate McMillan was fired last night. And, um, you know, I am a little bit curious about the timing of the decision. When you had the comments from Landry Fields, and he's going to hold his press conference, you know, later on today. But when you heard the comments about Landry Fields, and he was talking about the idea of, well, you know, certainly the last two games played a big part in all this kind of stuff, and da 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 da. da. Why didn't you just fire Nate McMillan after the Knicks game? Why why did it linger into Tuesday? I understand not wanting to do it during the All Star break. I, I get that you're not trying to take away from what the all-star weekend is and the festivities and all the goodwill and everything like that. So the NBA probably put the kibosh on the idea of, eh, we don't want to announce this during the all-star break, but why on Wednesday did you just not fire Nate McMillan after the game? If the games were so important and this, then the other, but here's the thing. Okay. And I don't know why this is so hard for a lot of people, you know, in, in life, we want to just put everything into one convenient box, right? We want to just be able to say, well, it's that guy's fault or that guy's fault, or just point to something specific that we can latch on to and put the blame onto when something doesn't go well, right? It's a very easy thing to want to do. Well, in this case, it's a lot more than it's Nate's fault. Look, the reality is for this franchise, everybody has their hands dirty in this thing. It's partly Nate's fault. It's partly Trey Young's fault. It's partly John Collins fault. It's partly DeAndre Hunter's fault. It's partly your front office. It's partly your owner. It's, it's the beer guy in section 222. It's the guy who mops up the floors between, you know, uh, free throws and all that to get the sweat off. It's everybody's fault in this case. It's not just Nate. And we're going to talk about the idea of Trey Young buying in here in just a little bit. But when it comes to this Hawks organization, you know, it's dysfunctional from the very tippy top all the way down to the bench player that it's the very end of the bench. So when you talk about, you know, again, we want to put everything in this little box. Well, Nate had to go. Okay. But if your players and star don't buy into what the next coach is going to bring, then what difference is it going to make? And I understand you can't get rid of everybody. I mean, look, coaches are always an easy scapegoat. Now, look, 
did Nate have a definite hand in, you know, where he's ended up? Because let me tell you, two seasons ago, the idea of firing Nate or he wasn't the long-term answer or he shouldn't get a contract extension to be the head coach, that was a ridiculous sentiment by people. That That's two years ago. Not, not 10, not the message has gotten stale over a decade, not umpteen years ago. It's two, two years ago, two, two seasons ago that when we were in the Eastern Conference Finals, oh, well, Nate's the guy. Nate, Nate, Nate's the guy. He's the man. He, he, look how he turned around. He was 27 and 11 after Lloyd Pierce got fired. Who was, who Lloyd Pierce was awful and all this kind of stuff. <coughs> so it's everybody's fault. It's Tony Wrestler not wanting to go in the luxury tax. It's your front office where, eh, you know, there's been some good moves and there's been some questionable moves. Let me say this. I definitely think that when it comes to, Who's going to be the next head coach of the Atlanta Hawks? More than anything, this will be mostly about Tony Wrestler. Yeah, he'll probably get very minimal input from Trey Young. Yeah, he'll have input from Kyle Korver and from Landry Fields. But I really do believe at the end of the day that this is going to be all about Tony Wrestler. Just like going into the luxury tax, just like the way Travis Schlenk is not here because Travis Schlenk wanted to do things differently than Tony Wrestler. I do believe, and I, and look, Tony Wrestler wants to win. He wants to win an NBA championship. Now, is he going about it the right way? Yeah, you know, we, we can argue that uh, a lot, but he wants to win an NBA championship and he wants to win, you know, here in Atlanta with it. So when the next coach gets hired, whoever that is, Quinn Snyder or, you know, whoever, you know, what Kenny Atkinson or whatever, whatever name is, is on the contract when, when it all comes along, this is going to be about Tony wrestler. And I think Tony wrestler, I think he wants to get into deep water. I think he wants to have a big time hire. I think he wants to have a splashy hire that'll win the press conference and, and create a buzz around the league because this franchise has no buzz right now. And I think Tony wrestler is about creating some buzz. This franchise is morbid. And and that's even with a star player in Trey Young. That's with, you know, a starting five that, and, and there was a great stat from Stat Muse that we'll probably talk about on tomorrow's show, but there was a great stat that said, you know, of, of guys that played 300 minutes together, you know, the Hawks have the best defensive rating among five players that played at least 300 minutes together. But this is going to be about Tony Wrestler and what he wants to do with the direction of the franchise. And if he doesn't think it's working out, he'll direct Landry Fields, Kyle Korver, whoever it is, to start making changes, cut salary, trade players, whatever it is. This will be a fascinating hire because it's going to have Tony Wrestler's fingerprints all over it. And yeah, I understand he's the owner of the team. He's he's the guy that signs the checks and puts out all the money, and he's got the most invested in it, right? But when it comes to where this Hawks organization is, this Hawks organization is dysfunctional from the very top to the very bottom. And everybody has got their hands dirty. Everybody. And I know that doesn't fit into the little box narrative that we like to put everything into, right? That it doesn't fit into that little thing that, hey, 
we can all point our fingers at one person. No, in this case, it's everybody. And it's deeper issues than the coach, than the star player, than the role players, than the front office, than management, than owner. It's everybody's fault in this organization. There's nobody that doesn't have their hands dirty. I want to talk about my friends over at FanDuel. Listen, FanDuel's America's number one sports book. And with the NBA season kind of winding down here, and we'll be heading toward playoff action. You want to get into FanDuel and get their no sweat first bet where you can win as much as $1,000 in bonus bets simply if your first bet doesn't win. So download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Safe, secure, easy to use. You can bet on everything from money lines to point spreads to props and everything else in between. Get to FanDuel.com, put, download the app, and claim your no sweat first bet by going to FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Get the no sweat first bet, and you can get as much as $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook betting partner of the NBA. So now, whatever this coaching hire ends up being, you've got to get your star to buy in. Now, they brought in DeJounte Murray this year, right? And it was going to be, okay, we got Trey and DeJounte. We got one of the best backcourts. And, you know, and Trey never really embraced the idea of being a guy that moves around without the ball, right? He's played so much of his career being a ball-dominant player that he hasn't acclimated to being a guy, much like a Steph Curry, not being so ball-dominant. Well, whatever issues existed between Nate, Lloyd Pierce, Trey Young, all that kind of stuff has to go by the wayside now. Because if Trey Young and the next coach, whoever that person is, doesn't matter really who it is. If they can't get along, because right now Trey Young is looking at most likely his fourth coach in six years. Lloyd, and by the way, let, let's do the math. Lloyd, Nate, uh, Prunty, and then whoever the next head coach is going to be. Yeah, that's four guys. It, you can do the math on that. That's four guys for, for those of you who can't really do math. But he's going to have to buy into what the system is. Or... And, and I'll say it like this: Trey may not be here. He may be the he may be the the guy that ends up being the sacrificial lamb and all this stuff. Because I don't think that they are going to put as much into what Trey Young. Like they're not going to go to Trey Young and say, "Okay, what's the guy that you want?" You you know when LeBron, you know there was that talk about LeBron James early in his career. You know he didn't get along with Paul Silas and. You know, they had issues in Cleveland and things like that. And they went to LeBron and said, okay, you know, who's the guy? And it was Mike Brown and all that. I mean, that whole fault or all, I don't think that's going to happen with Trey Young because I believe Tony Wrestler is, he may get minimal input from Trey Young on who the next coach is supposed to be, but Tony Wrestler is his own man. He's going to do what he's going to do for the franchise. And I think he wants to make a big splash. That's why I think it may be a Quinn Snyder because, He's arguably the best coach that's out there on the marketplace. And he's a name and he's got Hawks ties and all that kind of stuff. But whatever that coach is, Trey's going to have to buy in to what this system is. He's still your star. He's still your superstar. He's still a super max money kind of guy. 
And, and by the way, those guys are not easy to move. First off, you can only trade and, and you can only add so many super max or max players to a roster when you do it through trade. You can sign all of the guys that you want to that are your own players to max deals and super max deals and all those kinds of stuff if they qualify for it. But you can only trade so many of those. You can only have a roster that involves trades of so many of those guys. So you don't have the same freedom and flexibility that just move them wherever you want. And let's face it, we're talking 46, $48 million over the next few years. We're talking big time money, big time numbers against the cap. But obviously they want all of this to work out with Trey Young. They traded for Trey Young. They have all the super max money invested in him. He's the star player. He's one of the, you know, certainly one of the, the you know, special athletes in this town. You know, he's captured the imagination of Hawks fans and NBA fans and, you know, whatever his faults and stuff are, no doubt about it. I, I mean, again, he's not a great defensive player, this, that, and the other, but he's not nearly as great a shooter as what we think he is, but he's our star. He's our guy. And, and he kind of carried this team to the Eastern Conference Finals a couple of years ago. And even getting through the play-in games from a couple of, for, from a last season, he kind of led the Hawks to, you know, even if it was the first round, you know, punch in the mouth by the Miami Heat, he got us through wins in Charlotte, a win, or, uh, sorry, uh, a win at home against Charlotte and then going up to Cleveland and, and getting two wins in the play-in tournament. But Trey's going to have to buy into what the next coach wants to do. And if he'll embrace that role, then he and Murray can coexist and they can be that dynamic backcourt. If he doesn't, then this is what you're going to get. This is where this is where this thing is headed. Now, maybe it's good in some ways that DeJounte Murray only has one year left. I would certainly think that, you know, my personal opinion about DeJounte Murray is he's the MVP of this team. He's not the best player on this team, but he's the most valuable player because he's their best two-way player. He makes more winning basketball plays than anybody. Watch him night in, night out. He's made more winning basketball plays than anybody. But Trey's the alpha male. But at the same time, he's got to embrace a system where he can play off ball. He cannot be so ball dominant. He's going to have to embrace that. And if he doesn't, then all bets are off. Because you can't be 29 and th you, you can't tell me about what we're a good organization or we have Trey Young and this that, and the other and then be 29 and 30. And again, they've spent money on their roster. DeAndre Hunter makes a crap ton of money. John Collins makes a crap ton of money. Clint Capella makes a crap ton of money. They've invested in their guys and they have a really good starting five. What do we say all the time? Their starting five can play with anybody in the NBA. They can't. They, they, they are one of the, you know, a, a good, still offensive, efficient team, but they can play with anybody in the NBA. And that's what makes it so frustrating that we have players and we have personnel that can do all this, but it's just all not coming together. And, and maybe part of that is Trey's fault. Maybe it's the fact that DeAndre Hunter hasn't grown enough in his game. Maybe it's the fact that John Collins is, having trouble adjusting and he's having his second lowest 
you know, scoring output in a in a season since his rookie year. What whatever it is, what whatever all the flaws and the and the faults are, they've got to get Trey Young to buy into what their next coach is going to be, what their next coach's system is going to look like, whatever that is. You know, if it's more off ball, and you know, that was the thing about Nate McMillan. He talked about the idea, even before they got DeJounte Murray, he talked about the idea of Trey Young being a more off ball guy. Well, okay, that all didn't work out. So either Trey's going to embrace it, he's either going to embrace the new system, or there's probably going to be some roster changes. And it's not going to be an easy thing. So at some point, our star and our head coach have to get along and they have to embrace one another. The coach has to embrace Trey Young and what his what his skill set is and what his limitations are. And Trey Young has to buy into whatever coach in his system is coming in. It's definitely going to be something very interesting to watch the dynamic between the next guy and Trey Young. We'll see what happens with all of that. I want to talk about my friends over at Built Bar. Listen, go to Built.com today, right? You're, you're looking for those snacks, low carb, low sugar, low calorie, but high protein, right? We're all trying to get a little bit healthier for the new year. Built Bar's got you covered, right? Whether it's the protein-infused marshmallow puffs, whether it's your traditional protein bars, most of Built Bar's products are 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein in them. So, now, besides going to built.com, if you want to go the brick and mortar route, you can go to Walmart, go to the pharmacy section, get your box of built bars there, or you can go to Sam's Club now and get your box of built bars. So, whether you want to go the brick and mortar route, whether you're going to want to go to the online built.com, you know, uh, application way and, and buy online, we've got you covered at Built Bar. So, you're looking for those low carb, low sugar, low uh, calorie high-protein snacks, go to Built.com today or go to Walmart and Sam's Club and get your box of Built Bars there. And by the way, besides making uh, John Chuckery, uh, hitting hard with John Chuckery, your first listen every day, make sure you make Locked On Sports today your second listen. Biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, the take of the day available, Odyssey, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get all of your favorite podcasts from. So... Just say no to the franchise tag. So Bill Barnwell has an article out on ESPN, NFL writer for ESPN. And he put out an article about Caleb McGarry, about him being with the Atlanta Falcons. And what he says in that article is the Falcons will look to extend him long-term, but will probably have to use the franchise tag on him. Now, the deal he talks about for the long term is four years and $50 million. Okay, I can live with that. I can live with four for 50. I can live with that. $12.5 million. Yes, he's improved. Yes, he was one of the more improved players, not just in you know for the Falcons, but in the NFL. Yes, I can live with all of that. $12.5 million for a quality tackle who still got some issues, but I can live with that. What I can't live with is the $18.3 million franchise tag. That money gets all eaten up against the cap. And yes, I know we have, you know, all this money to spend second most cap space, 
$56 million. Then when they cut Marcus Mariota, it's going to be a $12 million, you know, add on to all of that. So somewhere around $68 million. Okay. Barring anybody else that they cut, but frankly, other than Casey Hayward, there's no real money to save on the cap unless you start restructuring everybody, which again, that puts you in cap purgatory to start with. So $68 million. I don't want Caleb McGarry eating up 18 of that. And, and when you franchise tag the guy, that money's all against cap. That that money is is there. That that's not negotiable, and that that money is locked into the cap. So I like Caleb McGarry. I, I want to bring him back, but if the only way that I can figure out a way to make a deal happen with him is to franchise him, then I'll go draft the tackle at number eight. I'll I'll grab Paris Johnson or Skaronsky or whatever at number eight. I do have options available to me. Well, but McGarry fits the set. I, I know that. And, and McGarry still has plenty of flaws. You know, that's the thing. Yes, McGarry, for what this system is and what this system entails, had a really good year. But again, it was his one good year in four. So his track record is for 25% of his career, he's been he's lived up to the billing of a first-round pick. He's also a guy that still has pass protection woes. He's not a great pass protector. And if you throw it around more, you're going to expose more of that. You know, when we had Matt Ryan, he was exposed because we were a throw-first team. And, and I don't know that we're going to be the only team in the NFL that's still more run than pass. I think that will get a little bit more balanced over the year as Desmond Ritter or somebody else takes over the quarterback reins. I believe that that will level out a little bit more because in the NFL, you have to be able to stand in the pocket and push the football down the field. You've got to push the ball down the field, you know, chunks of yards and things like that. That's, that's all great. But you know, in the run game, but you have to push the ball down the field, explosive plays, get that in the pocket and, and get that ball out and get it downfield. So McGarry still has the same flaws and warts that he did from previous years. It's just that this offense allowed him to not have all of those things exposed. And we've always said, look, the scouting profile for Caleb McGarry was if he gets your hands on you, you get, you get hand, you get Caleb McGarry and he gets hands on you. He can move you where he wants to go. He, that's the thing he can do. But edge rushers with a quick first step will always blow right by him. And that's been true for his entire career profile. And he had moments last year where he still didn't play very well in the pass protection game. So I'm not franchising Caleb McGarry. I, again, I'll go get a tackle at number eight, which if they would have just done that two years ago, instead of unicorns and everything else and all that good kind of stuff, if they'd have done that and grabbed a Panay Sewell, you could have had Matthews at left tackle, Panay Sewell at right tackle, you could have moved McGarry inside to left guard where he can use his strength and he can use his ability to get hands on people. And then you could have flipped in two or three years Sewell to be left tackle, Jake Matthews to play right tackle and extended his career. See how simple that was? We, we, we If we'd have just done that like two years ago. But, you know, anyway, we, we want to go unicorns and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and that's why we got five years of losing. But anyway, um, so I don't want to franchise Caleb McGarry. I, I don't think that that move makes sense. 
there, there are, and, and, you know, we may talk about Jesse Bates. I know some of our other podcast hosts have talked about Jesse Bates. Why do I want a $13 million safety? What, what, uh, how many sacks is he going to get me? What, why, why do I, why do I invest? Why do I overspend on a tackle? Who's not all that great. And, and why do I want to invest in $13 million safeties? Why, why do I, why, why, of all the things we need to fix on this roster, why do I want to do those things? See, this is being this is not being smart with your money if you're going in franchise franchising uh Caleb McGarry. And, and why would he play with an $18 million franchise tag and then take four for 50? If you can get him right now to sign the four for 50 deal, I'm on it. I, I'm with you on it. But I'm not overpaying for him. I'm not franchising him. I, I'm not doing any of those things. I, I'm not, I'm not gonna go down and spend dumb money. If I had a $13 million safety and an $18 million right tackle, how does that help my roster out? How, how do I get better with that? How many games is that worth? So, again, I like McGarry. If I could just sign him for the four for 50, again, if that's the way he, if he's going to sign that extension, then sign him now. Don't franchise him. Sign him to that deal now. Give him that, give him that deal now. If you get him, if you can get him for four for 50, that deal should be on the table right now. Let me negotiate. Let, let me in the war room to negotiate that deal and sit down Caleb McGarry and say, look, you got your flaws and warts. We want you to be here. We think you fit in this offense. Here's four for 50. And if he'll sign that, good. If he doesn't, hasta lasagna. Don't get any on you. See, that's the thing about guys with free agents. You have to be willing to walk away from some guys. You have to be willing to spend what is a reasonable amount. I can't franchise him, then give him another four for 50 on top of that. Because now I'm, I'm hooked in for, for five years. I don't want to do all that. There, 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 is, there are limitations on what Caleb McGarry is. I want him here, but if I can get him for four for 50 right now, sign the deal. Why do I have to franchise him? Why do I have to extend out another year? Why do I have to do all these things? How does that get my football team on track and that much better? So no to the franchise tag, which historically, and I know it's a different regime, historically the Falcons have not been willing to do a bunch of franchise tagging of, of different players. But in this case, $18.3 million for my right tackle? Brother, he better be first team all NFL. When I'm looking at Tristan Wirfs and guys like that, Running around the league, he better be first team all NFL if he's an $18.3 million player. Him and him and Lindstrom better be the best guard tackle combo in the entirety of the NFL. They better way exceed all of my expectations if you're going to give him an $18 million franchise tag. All right, well, thank you so much for making Hitting Hard with John Chuck for your first listen every day. Make sure you make Locked on Sports today your second listen, biggest stories of the day. Instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available. Odyssey, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get all of your favorite podcasts from. We ask you to head over to YouTube.com. Put Locked On Sports Atlanta into your search browser. When you get there, hit that subscribe button. We're trying to grow to 6,000 folks on our YouTube page, so be a part of our ever-growing community. Leave us a comment there. We are free and available to download on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get all of your favorites from. Roku and Amazon Fire, that's a couple of more ways that you can catch us 
and listen to us. Check them out. Check us out there today. And then follow me on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. Back with you tomorrow. This has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta. 